Joshua. We are going to be looking at Joshua for the next couple of weeks, and um, uh, we're really going to be looking at bookends. We're going to be looking at the beginning and the end. Um, so we are going to be looking at this, this great uh, event of receiving the promised land. Because that's what Joshua was all about. That it, was, it was in Joshua's time that God brought them into the promised land that he had promised all the way back to Abraham. Um, that he had uh, prepared over years and hundreds of, of years. Um, and finally was bringing them in to the promise that God had for them. And so we're going to look at this. Um, uh, basically, how... Do we receive what God has for us? Because just like the Israelites, we are the children of God and God has a promise for us. He has a purpose for us. He has things that he wants us to experience in life. Now, they are not always material. It's not that you're going to be rich and have everything you want, but there is a life that he wants you to experience abundantly um, no matter what your circumstances. Um, uh, there are things that he wants you to develop into, to, to be that, that person that knows him and, and walks with him in a, in a victorious way. And so we are going to look at the principles that we learn from Joshua. How can we step into our promised land? How can we step into that? And sometimes the promised land um, is just a place where we walk in peace in the midst of the storm. Sometimes the promised land is not uh, the absence of the storm, but the promised land sometimes is in the storm. There is just a, a, a sense of peace that I can walk through this and I am in my, my promised land that God will give me in my heart, in my mind, um, as I walk through this life. For some of you, the promised land is a purpose. I, I look at all these great um, young people here. I, I believe that God is calling you into a, a purpose that God has, that you're going to find his meaning. And again, it may not be through uh, 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 getting everything you want, but, but it is by accomplishing what God has for you. And so I think that, that these principles are things that God wants to call you into um, that purpose of establishing his kingdom, of being uh, that, that man and woman of God that God wants to raise you up to be. And so we all have promised lands that God has laid before us. And so I want us to look at the bookends, um, the beginning and ending of entering and holding on to the promises of God. So today, where should we start? Of course, how about the beginning? It's uh, uh, two, two parts, so we're going to start in the beginning, and we are going to uh, see the principles that Joshua um, learned as he heard the call. He received the call and began to step into this, and so we're going to be in, of course, uh, the beginning of the book of Joshua. Next week, we'll be at the end of the book, but uh, chapter one, uh, chapter one of Joshua, uh, let's go ahead and um, read uh, this beginning portion. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
He was Moses' assistant, and God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go. Go over the Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is the call of Joshua. And I believe that even though I know this is, is definitely uh, specific to this historical time, and, and, and I know people warn us we need to read it within context because there are times where God will uh, give certain promises that are for those people does not necessarily mean for us. But we also read in the New Testament that God says these things that were written in the past for them, they are written as encouragements and admonitions towards you upon which the ends of the earth have come. In other words, we at the end of the age can read about these things and although we don't have the exact same promise outcome, in other words, we're not going into an actual nation to create a land to live in, the principles that God speaks are still valid to us today. So as we read this, this same call of God and the principles that he speaks to Joshua are the same principles that God is calling us. And so whether we are the youngest here or the oldest, the principles that God is calling us are still the same, that he is still calling all of us to begin to walk by these principles. And if we will walk by these principles, and if we will take God on his word, and if we will step into that, we will receive the promises of God. So there are three things that we see that he told Joshua that he needed to do. So let's look at uh, the three things. First thing, to begin your journey into God's promise. To begin, this is just the beginning, to gain confidence, to gain peace of mind, to gain satisfaction in life, to gain a sense of purpose in life. 
um, to gain a sense of accomplishment in life. Even if, 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 if I never become rich and I, I never have the best job, you know what? You can still be significant in the kingdom of God. God wants you to have significance. God wants to know that you're important, that you make a difference in this world. And so if you are going to gain that knowledge, here's the first thing you need to do. You need to receive the challenge. You see, the first thing God said was, Joshua, Moses is dead. Happy day. Not the greatest thing to hear because Moses is the one that had led them. Moses is the one that had given them everything. He said, Joshua, Moses is dead. What did he say next? You need to go. I'm sending you. He said, I'm sending you across the Jordan into the land. And you are going to make a difference for all these other people. So he gave him a challenge. He said, Joshua, the challenge is up to you. And I think to many of us, God is trying to tell us, you know what? Maybe not physically dead. Your parents aren't dead. Your teachers aren't dead. But God's trying to say, stop relying on other people. It's time to stop putting all the responsibility on others. Well, it's up to them. Um, we need to start and say, God's looking at us. And say, I need you to pick up the mantle. Now is the time for you to pick up the challenge. There is a challenge in this world. Sometimes the challenge is just to live pure and not give in to everything that we see around us. But now is the time to do it. You got to stop looking to others. Um, to be honest, there's times where you got to stop looking at the pastor. The pastor is going to be leaving. Now what are you going to do? Now's the time not to weep and cry, oh, Moses is dead, what are we going to do? We can't do anything. Moses is dead, now we're out in the wilderness, we might as well go back to Egypt. God said, no, you get up, you go and lead them. You begin to be an influence on your friends. You begin to be the one that is different on the school campus. Stop looking to others. Stop looking to youth pastors. Stop looking uh, to, to teachers and parents. And us older people, we need to stop looking to pastors or other people or missionaries. We are the ones that God is laying the mantle on. He's saying, will you get up and go? Sometimes it's going to your home, being a leader in your home, uh, being a leader on your block, in your neighborhood, wherever it is. We need to receive the challenge. God is challenging us today. Maybe the first thing today is maybe for many of us just to hear God's call to you. Now, that call is not always easy because here's the first thing he said, Joshua, you got to go across the Jordan River. Now, many times when we receive the challenge, you need to realize the challenge is a lot of times inconvenient. There could have been a good excuse for Joshua to say, God, I can't do it because you know what? This is not the right time. How many know that sometimes serving God, it's just not the right time? I'll just wait a little bit, God. When I finish school, when I finish this, you know what, when, 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 when this season is over, when, when we get past that. See, Joshua could have said, it's springtime, God. Maybe you didn't recognize that. The Jordan River at this time is the biggest it's going to be. If you just wait till maybe October, you know what, we can just walk over it. It's going to be no problem crossing the Jordan because it'll be down and it'll be low. Right now, it's a, it's a raging river. We cannot cross it. But you know what God said? No, go now. 
Many times the challenge of God is inconvenient. It's not at the convenient time. Are you willing to serve God? Are you willing to accept the challenge even when it's inconvenient? Sunday morning, after a long weekend and you're tired and you don't want to get up. But I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to accept the challenge. Or even Monday morning, and I'm at school. I got a lot of other things to do. God says, no, what's most important is being a representative of me. At work, adults, there's times where it's inconvenient. Man, if I just, you know, I don't need to say anything right now, God. This is just not the right time. And God says, now. We need to stop making excuses. We make so many excuses in serving God so that God only gets put into the place where it's convenient. I don't know what God is going to respond to us when he says, man, you sure served me good when it fit your schedule, when it fit your finances, when it fit what you were doing. And yet the call of God many times is inconvenient. God said, go across the river now. But not only is the call of God inconvenient, sometimes it's overwhelming. You see, they already knew what was on the other side of the river. They had been to Jericho. They knew that there were giants in the land, that these people were trained warriors. We were a bunch of slaves that just came out of Egypt. We're not trained for battle. Now, luckily, God had used that time period before to train them because they had already faced many challenges. But they knew over there it was going to be overwhelming. They literally really had no chance. They could not beat those armies. They could not overcome them. And yet God says, just take the challenge. Are you willing to stand up and face the challenge? Even when it's overwhelming. Even when you're not equipped. We need to understand that the battle is not ours. We're just the followers. The battle is the Lord's. Are we going to trust God? Even when it's overwhelming, when there's things that we face, we are not going to give in. This is why he said, be strong and courageous. All you have to do is be strong and courageous, and I'll take you through. And, and they were facing overwhelming odds. Many times we face overwhelming odds in ways of emotional sense. You know, there, there are definite emotional senses. We don't like to be made fun of. We don't like to be, you know, uh, put aside, you know, because, oh, you're one of those Christian people. You can't fit with us. Even when it's overwhelming, I'm not going to let that get me down. And I'm going to love them just as much. I'm going to be uh, the person God has called me to be, a person of life, of joy, and friendliness. But I am going to keep moving forward for God and the challenge that he's called me, even when it's overwhelming. Many of us, overwhelming to serve God financially. When God says, you know what, do this, and we're like, I don't know if I can. You know what, choose where you want to give up on. And I'll tell you, most time we give up on God more than other things in our life. What are we choosing to put priority on, even when it's overwhelming? Well, the third thing we need to receive the challenge even when it's unknown. Because there were things that they were going to face that they didn't even know. And sometimes serving God in the unknown is worse than the overwhelming. Sometimes there's some of us, we're scrappy. Well, you get in my face, I'll just, even though I know I can't beat you, that, you know, that gets us, we're that type of person. But the same person that seems to be so confident and, and ready to meet a challenge is the same person that if they don't know what to do, they get paralyzed. 
So some of us, it's the unknown that's worse than anything else. And God is calling us into the unknown. Are you willing to take a step when you can't even see where it's going to be? To walk in the dark. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's a scary thing when you're walking down a hallway at night. You don't know when you're about to hit something. And yet, you got to walk by faith. Are you willing to walk into the unknown? Joshua accepted the challenge. He received the challenge saying, God, you have challenged me. I am going to serve you. Even when I don't know what that means. And I don't know what I'm going to face. And I don't know where you're going to send me. And yet, will you receive the challenge? If we are going to receive what God has, we've got to accept the unknown. Because God says only those who walk by faith will find the pleasure of God. There's this, there's this principle of trust. Because if it's something you can see, you know why he doesn't get pleased by that? Because he's like, well, yeah, I know you've followed me because you got the candy right there. There was something that in it for it. You weren't doing it for me. You were doing it for what you could see. Whereas when, if you do it when you can't see it, that means because we love God and we trust God. And God says, that's what gives me pleasure. That you chose me for me, not for what I could give you. So are you willing to receive the challenge? The second thing is we need to remember the promise. If we're going to receive what he has, we need to remember the promise. God says you need to remember that just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And no one is going to be able to stand up in front of you without you overcoming them. God gave them specific promises. Now, as he talked to Joshua, first of all, he gave them promises of power. They were pro powerful promises. If you look back in there, he said, um, as you go, he said, be strong and courageous for no one that stands, no man shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. What a promise. God says there's nothing that you're going to face that I don't have the power to knock it down. To push you through. It doesn't mean you're not going to face struggles. It doesn't mean you're not going to but you need to understand the power of God will be with you. The power of God will well up within you to get you through the darkest storm. Nothing in this world can stand against you if God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? They can be against us, but I'm going to be the one still standing at the end. We need to understand we have powerful promises from God. They're not promises that wipe everything away. They're, they're promises that get us through it. He doesn't say we're never going to have this valley or the storm, but he says nothing will stand against you that I will not bring you through it. He will give you power. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you uh, equipping. You might say, but I don't know how to do that. You don't have to. God knows. Do you think God knows how to do it? He knows how to do everything. He will use you. He will put you where you need to be. You just have to trust him. They are powerful promises, and you need to remember that no matter when, what you are facing. But not only that, they are personal promises. And this is almost even more. He said, just as I was with Moses, Joshua, I'm with you the same way. Now, think about that. How was God with Moses? It says that Moses was the only man that spoke to God face to face as a, as a man speaks to his friend. 
And here's God telling Joshua, I'll be with you the same way. That's personal. That's a promise that God says, Joshua, I love you. You're mine. This is not just, you're not just some uh, uh, unknown soldier. But God, you are, you are with me. He says, it's personal. And now we are at this end where Jesus has said, now all of you have received the Holy Spirit. Now you all, you actually have God with you closer than Joshua and Moses even had. They didn't even have the personal Holy Spirit with them like we have the availability to have his presence with us. You have a promise of God's presence. You have the promise that God is with you. I know sometimes you don't feel it, and there's fear, and there's doubt, but in the middle of that, you need to know that God is with you. You may not even, I love that, you've all read that, uh, that poem uh, that old poem that it says, I looked in the footprints of the sand and when I w- walked my life, I looked back at my life and there was only one pair of f- footprints and I said, God, see, why did you leave me? I was walking it all alone. He says, those aren't your footprints. Those are mine because I was carrying you the whole time. Guys, you have a promise of a personal presence of God himself. Your friends may seem like they're having all the fun and doing everything else but they don't know a God that's walking with them, telling them, I love you. You are more precious than anyone in this world. You need to know and remember the promises that are personal. And when you remember the promises, you begin to gain all the, pro- all the, the promised land that God has. But not only are they powerful promises and personal promises, they are permanent promises. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The promises of God will never end. The things of this world, I'm going to tell you, this is a key principle, guys. Everything you can gain in this world will sooner or later be gone. It is temporary. I don't care whether it's, it's the most beautiful girl or guy that you can ever imagine. They won't stay that way forever. I'm not going to say anything, (laughs) even though she's laughing really hard. But God's beauty will last forever. The beauty that God gives you is forever. You know what? All the accomplishments and and, and sports uh, uh, fame you can have, which I love, and and I still, I thank God that God gives us the blessing of doing that, but I'm going to tell you they're gone. I can't do what I used to do. It's just not there anymore. In fact, my arm's about to fall off every night uh, with the ice on it and everything. It, it goes away. But yet God's promises says they will be permanent. I will never leave you. You'll have a sense of achievement and purpose that will never go away. And there is a even, this is even greater. It's even the opposite. It's going to get better. If you will serve me in this life, you actually get more. Afterwards, there is an inheritance to come. So people, why do we forfeit everything for earthly gain? For people that like us now, for friends and, and, and pleasure, that pleasure goes away. And usually the pleasure of this world ends in regret anyway. You wake up the next morning saying, what did I do? And then you have to pay the price. Whereas God says, it's the opposite. You might be harder at the first, but at the end, you're going to wake up and say, What did I do to deserve this? 
because God's going to give me blessings. So you need to remember the promises of God to Joshua and to us are permanent. Nothing can take it away. It will not get old and decay. But the final thing, we need to receive the challenge. We need to get ready because it's not going to be easy. Just understand that. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to receive that. And I'm going to remember the promises. I'm going to keep those in my mind. They're going to keep me going. But here's the third thing that God reminded him. You need to respect the pathway. There is a path to get what God has for you. God has promised you great things, and there's a challenge, but you got to do it his way. Now, here's the thing. God says, I'm not a vending machine that, yes, there's a promise behind that glass, uh, and and there's going to be a challenge to get the money to pay for it, but it's not like that, that if you just push the right numbers, you get it. He said, no, you've got to live by a certain pathway. There, there is a way of life that God has that is the principles of who God is. And we need to respect the pathway if we're going to receive what God has. And he says, this is one thing you have to do. He says, be careful that you follow all the words of the law that I've given to Moses. Now, we know that with Christ, Jesus said this. He said that, that I have now given you a new covenant. But that does not mean that the law is totally gone. It just means that we are not judged by the law. That now, because we are free because of Jesus giving us freedom, we can now follow the law without worrying about when we mess up. Because now we're not judged by it. But we are still called to follow the law, to live by the principles of the law. And God said, if you will follow the principles that I've given you, follow the pathway of life, that sometimes other people don't like to follow that path, and the path seems, again, like the challenge, inconvenient, overwhelming. But he says, if you'll follow this path, you will prosper in all that you do. You'll find joy. You'll find peace that other people don't have. But you've got to stay on the path. Because when you walk off the path, like the old, uh, the old maps before they had discovered all the world, they said at the end of the map, he says, out here there be monsters. They didn't know what was outside the path. God says, if you get off the path, out there, there are monsters. There are things when we move ourselves. It's not that God leaves us, but many times we leave God. We move ourselves outside of God's pathway of protection. And we need to respect the pathway. First of all, we need to respect it completely. He said, make sure you follow all the letter of the law. You can't pick and choose. As you read through the Bible, I'm telling you, there's not saying, well, oh, I don't like that, but I really like this. Yeah, we can do this. This is good. She said, no, all of it. Completely. We need to live by the complete word of God. That means the things that seem to be a little outdated, that might have been good back then, but don't they know times are different now? We don't live like that. It's okay. No, through all the history of mankind, the word of God has been relevant. He knows the culture we live in, and his pathway is still the right way. All of it. No matter what area we face. In our relationships, we need to follow the path of God. Uh, in our business practices, we need to follow the path of God. In our personal life, we need to follow the path of God. And it 
as hard as it may seem, he's like, if you'll do it, you will rejoice. It's like getting a coach and him giving you a, a way to win the championship. Why would you want to go another way? But not only completely, but you need to do it consistently. Not only do you have to, you cannot pick and choose what to do, you cannot pick and choose when to do it. You see, God cannot have only weekend Christians. Oh, I'm really good on the weekends. But then I have my own life. No, it says, not only do you want to follow all, but he said, I want you to meditate on it day and night. That means all the time. There's never a time when you are not called to walk the path of God. That means when no one else is around and you're by yourself, you're on the path of God. We need to walk it consistently every time. And not some of us, it's not just we go to the extremes. Some of us are only Christians on Sundays, but some of us uh, are the opposite. Well, I don't need to do it on Sundays. I can do it at any other time. No, we need to do it both. It's all the time. We need to consistently walk the pathway that God has set before us. And if we will walk the path. Now, here's the great thing, that in Jesus, there's no condemnation. You don't have to do it perfectly. You just have a, have a heart to say, God, I want to walk your path. And I know I blow it sometimes, but when I blow it, I get back up and I dust myself off and I say, God, help me, and, and we move on. You don't have to feel like, like you're not perfect. All you have to do is have a heart to stay on the path. You have to have a passion to just be with him. It's not like the, the, the children of Israel where they had to set sacrifices because if they blew it, they were unclean and they couldn't even come into the church for seven days until they were clean again and go through a certain ritual of washing. Jesus says, no, that has been taken care of with the cross. I mean, that did need to happen, but that got taken care of with the cross. But now, as long as your heart is seeking after God, seeking after God, then those things are covered by the blood. The question is, are you just consistently following his path? Are you completely receiving the word of God? And I know there's some things, you know what, that takes being in the word, because sometimes you're in the word and like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I was supposed to do this. But when you read it, okay, I'm changing that because now that I find that thing, sometimes let's be honest, sometimes we do find out things and God convicts us. Oh, wow, I do need to change that in my life. Then when you find it out, then change it. It's okay. That's what the Spirit of God does. And even in the Old Testament when King Josiah, when they found the word of God, he realized that he had not been following he loved God, but he had not been following the complete pathway of God. As soon as he found out, he simply fell before God, repented, and said, God, put me on the path from this point on. And that's okay. You see, there is complete love and encouragement in God if we will seek the pathway of God. But it has to be completely, and it has to be consistently. You can't take time off. You can't pick and choose. Just remember these three things. If you want to enter into what God has for you, and maybe you don't even know all the things that God has for you, are you willing to do these three things? Are you willing to receive the challenge? 
Are you willing to just say, God, okay, here am I. What do you want for me? Whatever it takes. I'm gonna, I, I understand it's going to be a challenge. I receive the challenge. It's like Mission Impossible. If you will accept this mission, right, will you accept it? There are going to be people that won't accept it. But if you'll accept it, God bring you through. Are you going to remember the promise? Will you remember, no matter what you go through, remember what God has promised? The powerful promises, the personal promises, the permanent promises that God has for you. And then respect the pathway. Let's stay on the path. Let's help each other stay on the path. We're in this together. But if we will do these three things, I'm telling you, we're going to enter into the promised land. There's a life that God has for us. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. So let's start. Today's the beginning. Let's hear the challenge. Let's hear the call of God. And let's accept it and begin to enter in. Let's bow our heads.